0: Gonna start recording here in a second. Everybody, go ahead and mute your mics. We're gonna start today. Um, afterwards, stick around because I'm gonna ask you guys some questions um, just about today's lesson, um, and just ask you guys about, like, you know, how you're doing and everything. So stick around. Um, but today, um, the lesson's titled "Knowing Jesus Through the Spirit." So, you know, as you guys were coming in here, I was talking about how Easter is coming gone, but is that is that all? is it, is that, is that it? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the the finale of, you know, the 4th of July, it's like, is that it? Are we all just going to go home now take up our lawn chairs and head home? Is this all, um, Jesus doesn't just die on the cross and return to God and leave us here on earth as orphans, does he? So looking back to when Jesus tells the disciples that he will leave. And he said that, you know, that they can't actually follow him where he's going. Um, this made some of the disciples worry this, what this happened around the foot washing ceremony. Jesus was foreshadowing his death and he's like, I'm leaving. You can't follow where I'm going. So this whole situation was probably really confusing and scary to the disciples. And they probably wondered, why can't we come along Jesus? Why can't we follow you where you're going? But Jesus then assured them that they knew where he was going. Not in the way that they thought, that that they thought they knew, but they, you're like, you know, in a sense, like, but you don't know yet. So that's really confusing because they said, how will we know where you're going unless you tell us where you're going, Jesus? How will we know that? You got to give us some kind of information here. And Jesus said to them, because Jesus being Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the father except through me. And now Philip, one of his disciples, he actually said, hey, Jesus, so can you show us the Father? <laughs> and and then Philip said, and then Jesus said to Philip, you you know, you've seen the Father, Philip. You've been with me this long. And you, you still don't understand. Jesus says, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. And understand that this is referring to Jesus's oneness with God. It's, it's, um, uh. Jesus is, you know, you hear, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. Um, so understand this. Jesus tells them that he's going to prepare a way. So Jesus also wants to know, tell them that he and the Father are one and that he and the Father do not do work apart from one another. So, in all in all, the, tr- the Trinity is very confusing. So Jesus says he's going to go prepare a way for them, but they can't come along. This way. In which he prepares for them involves his death and he's going to return to the father and when jesus dies on the cross that's not it jesus knows that he they will soon receive the gift of the holy spirit on pentecost and jesus wants to reassure his disciples right here and then that he's going to die and for them not to um be worried or dismayed he knows that this is all going to happen and he wants to kind of comfort them in a way right now. So reconciling work from humanity to God is going to start happening. And it's going to start with Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection at Easter. And then finally, we have the day of Pentecost when all the disciples are gathered up in the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes to them. So Jesus's promise of the Holy Spirit happens before his death. He actually already promised that the Holy Spirit would come to them. So let's go ahead and let's look at the text today where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Before we um, dive into the text, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to pray. Okay. God, through this lesson today, help us gain an understanding about the Holy Spirit. Help us understand why it's helpful to have that spirit dwelling inside us. In your name we pray. Amen. So, So I don't know if you guys have your Bibles near you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You don't need them. I'll read it to you. It's actually found in John 14 verses 15 through 25. So it reads, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the one who, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day. You real, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of you know this and that. It's like a Russian nesting doll there. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show my love my, and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home in them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. And, I, and this i have spoken while still with you but the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all the things and will remind you everything i have said to you peace i leave, leave peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give you as the world i do not give as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled troubled and do not be afraid so here in this verse, Jesus is prom- promising the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, this is totally gonna be a very overdramatic simpl- simplification of the, the work of the Holy Spirit. This lesson will not even scratch the surface of what the Holy Spirit does in the church today. Um, After, you know, guys, I really do encourage you to, you know, go through John and all the other Gospels and even the book of Acts, which really shows the work of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the disciples um, and how the the future church came about. I I really do encourage you to look because then you really get to see the Holy Spirit moving um, and just the work of the Holy Spirit that's really found in uh, the book of Acts. Um, So. This lesson um, is going to show in a way it's going to highlight some of the points of what the Holy Spirit does for us, how the Holy Spirit works in us. Um, It says that, you know, in this verse that the Spirit is your advocate, but we also hear the Spirit called the teacher, um, someone overall who reveals things about God um, to you. And he also might do this um, through others because other people have the Holy Spirit living in them. So, The the spirit in general is very mysterious. And Jesus says in John 3, 8, um, it really talks about um, the spirit in, in a mysterious way. Jesus says that the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, you can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. It's very mysterious. The spirit, as I said, is very hard to grasp. Um, we don't really hear about the spirit a lot, um, in churches. Um, it's almost, uh, he's somebody that's not quite as talked about in, in the Trinity. You really hear a lot about God, the father, God, the son. You really don't hear too much about God, the spirit. So hear me, the Holy spirit can live within all Christian believers. Um, and how do we gain access to that spirit? And Jesus is talking about that today, and I'm going to be explaining that today um, on how we can gain access and and what the Spirit will do through us if we allow him to come into our lives. So Jesus Jesus is, um, you know, talking to his his followers. He's telling his followers, you know, I'm going to be leaving soon. Um, He's doing this after the foot washing service. He's telling them, you know, I'm going to be leaving soon, and I'm going to be going and preparing a way for you. And they're all worried, like, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you leaving us? Um, Jesus is telling them, you know, trying to comfort them, saying, I'm not leaving you as orphans. And he's talking about the coming of the spirit, but they don't know what's going on because, you know, Jesus is kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen to him. And it's kind of like when you're watching a movie and then you don't know what's going on in the beginning, but you only figure out what's going on at the very end of the movie. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like that with Jesus, um, with what he's doing with the disciples right now. So Jesus is going on and he tells them, if you love me, then keep my commandments. The Ten Commandments, the law, the Torah. Jesus also says he will ask the Father, God the Father, to send the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit will support Jesus' followers, his followers, and the Holy Spirit will help them keep. God's commandments, the Holy Spirit will keep them accountable to living out the Christian life, the life that Jesus wants us to live. Um, So Jesus continues on. and I'm just going to pick up where this verse says, what, what it says here in this verse, it says, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in you because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am, I am in my Father and you are in me and I'm in you. Whoever has, my, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus already knew the death he was gonna die and he promises not to leave them as orphans. He promises not to just abandon them after he dies. In fact, he says that the world, the world around them will not see them anymore, but his disciples, he's saying, you guys will see a resurrected Jesus. You will see a resurrected Christ. Not everybody sees a resurrected, will see a resurrected Christ, but they got that opportunity to see the resurrected Jesus. He said right here, he says, but you will see me to them. He said in that verse, but you will see me. So he he continues in saying, you will see me. And he tells his disciples, on that day, you will see and you will start, you will realize. He's saying you'll you'll have that realization that I am in the Father and, and that he is in me and that we are one. And it's kind of confusing. It's kind of like saying you have me and the Father, and then you have this kind of confusing um Trinity talk going on right here, and you you know the Trinity is always has always been a confusing topic um, in the church for many many years. If you want to try to figure out the Trinity, um, and you want to sit down and have a Bible study and just figure out the Trinity, good luck because many theologians over the years have been trying to figure this out. So um, it's it's really confusing. So understand, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here, and he's saying, you know, I me and the Father are one. So basically, Jesus is saying, when the Father is working, I'm working. So right now, I'm going to be doing some work, and the Father is going to be working. But Jesus is also saying that sooner or later, after his death, just like he's found in the Father, he can be found in us later on when the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us. Through the Spirit, through the work of the Holy Spirit— we can be connected to God the Father and Jesus. And Jesus says that the Spirit will also guide and help us in keeping God's commandments. And in keeping God's commandments, it will show our love and devotion towards God. So for example, if you love your mom, your mom and your dad probably have rules set up around your house, strict, like they're probably not super strict. Some parents are stricter than others, but anyways, you might have like a chore list and you might have these quote unquote commandments that you're supposed to keep. And when we keep our parents' rules of the household, it shows our love and devotion towards our parents. And Jesus says, just says to them as well, he says, when you keep my commandments, it shows that they, they love him and his father because Jesus' father father, loves Jesus, and so him and the father are one, that the father also loves the people that keep his commandments. And then Jesus ends this this verse right here and says that, you know, these people that keep my commandments, I will also reveal myself to them in the spirit. So... (laughs) Just imagine being a disciple of Jesus and hearing all this. They're probably like, what? (laughs) Like, this is a lot going on right now. Then, you know, one of his disciples say, how is this possible? How can you show yourself to us if you're not in the world, Jesus? How can you reveal yourself if you're going to leave us? And he said something that might be considered hurtful to people that aren't found in Christ. This can be really hurtful, but it also can be very comforting to those that are found in Christ. It says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home within them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Of course, it's kind of like if you don't obey my teaching, it really shows that you really don't love me. You don't respect my teaching. Those words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. Jesus reiterates what he said before. in the the following verse, he said that if you love me, you will obey me. And what I've taught you guys thus far in my ministry, he said, the one who loves me and wants to have a relationship with me will keep my commandments. Jesus says that my father will love them. And then that the father will send his spirit and that the spirit will come and it'll make a home within them. The spirit will, will literally dwell inside you. So through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we know now that we are seen as spotless and blameless if we accept Jesus as our risen Lord and Savior. And those who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, who comes and lives inside us, right? So we can now have God's presence dwelling within us, and we know that you know God's present and presence in the Old Testament dwelled in the tabernacle, and. You know, later on it was there was there was built a temple around the tabernacle, and we had the holy of holies where we had a veil and God's presence was resided in there. But now Jesus is saying God's presence is literally going to be dwelling with inside humanity. So sorry, my mouth is dry. So the spirit is also part of the Trinity, which means since Jesus and the Father are one, the spirit is also one with Jesus and the father. So when the father's working, Jesus is working. When Jesus is working, the father is working. When the spirit is working, Jesus is working. When, the, when the Jesus is working, the spirit is working. It's really confusing. And the spirit of the father and of the son can now reside in us and be connected in relation with, G, with us. Um, so now we can have a relationship with God and Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And this is beautiful because literally God's presence is dwelling with us all the time. And by the spirit, we're able to um, keep God's commandments. We're able to, um, uh, God's able to uh, convict us on things we need to work on in our lives. And we can get to know God more and more and more through God's spirit. So the coming of God's spirit actually happened when Jesus ascended into heaven. So it actually didn't happen right there. Jesus, it says Jesus stayed on earth for 40 days. And then on Pentecost, which means 50, 50, um, penta, 50, um, 50 days after the Passover. So we know that Jesus died around Passover. Jesus was the Passover lamb. We know Passover, what happened on Passover. In Exodus, they smeared lamb's blood on the door and, and the angel of death, death passed over the people. Um, so just as Jesus covered us in his blood, with his sacrifice, um, we are seeing spotless, blameless, without sin, death no longer has hold on us. So... On Pentecost, not only is that 50 days after, but it was also called the feast, the Feast of Weeks. So they did special things during the, these feasts um, in Jewish tradition. What what did they do? You might ask. They might, well, they had like uh, they gave first fruits. They had they of first fruits where they they collected the first fruits of the harvest and offered sacrifice as a sacrifice to the Lord. They also had um, the Feast of Unleavened Bread where they didn't have leaven. In the bread, um, when they baked it, they actually took all the leaven out of their house. So it's kind of like a cleansing of leaven. Leaven represented um, sin. So to expel all sin from your life. But when, I don't know if you guys have ever made bread, but when you put leaven in bread, it's hard to take leaven out of bread. You can't really remove leaven out of bread once it's already in. Um, But, you know, Jesus... Um, it, through his sacrifice, removed all the sin in our lives. And we need a savior to remove that sin in our lives. So this whole day of Pentecost, um, through these weeks, these festivals, these, these, these weeks leading up to Pentecost, Pentecost was the last day wrapping up the, the, the weeks. And Pentecost was actually the day the Torah was given to the Jews on Mount Sinai. So God gave the law through the Torah, on Mount Sinai and now here on Pentecost God is now giving a new thing he's giving the gift of the holy spirit when the disciples received the spirit they gained an utterance which means they spoke in many new in, in many languages of the people around them so when people came up from Jerusalem, there was actually before, you know, they, people went into exile, and during that exile in Babylon, people dispersed. It was called the diaspora. So there was actually Jews living outside all around. But during this festival, they were commanded to come back and celebrate this, these festivals and feasts. So this was Pentecost, the feast that they were supposed to celebrate, and people were gathered, and all the disciples were gathered up in an upper room. And Peter, Peter testified about Christ in other languages, to these Jews that came back and to Gentiles in the city of Jerusalem about Christ's death and resurrection. And on that day when the Holy spirit came to them more than 3000 people that day came to know God. And that was only the beginning. That was only the beginning of the church. So then one of the, and then so, so now, so now hear me, the spirit teaches us how teaches us about Christ, but, We have to be willing to learn about God. We have to be willing to get into the word and be able to study God and the spirit will reveal these things to us about God. The Bible says that the spirit basically reveals the mysteries of the Christian faith. So you see this many times, you see this many times, Jesus speaks in parable parables. Jesus did this throughout his ministry. He spoke in parables and it wasn't until later when he was in private with his disciples that he said the meaning of these parables. So in closing, I want you guys to think about one question. Um, And the question is, how do we hear God's voice? How do we hear God's voice guys? For me, it's in the spirit. And this this form takes many different, different shapes. And it might be when I'm reading my Bible, preparing for a lesson, the spirit will reveal to me something about the word that I need to study. I need to work on in my own life. Um, just kind of like when Jesus revealed the parables, the meaning of parables, the the spirit will reveal to me something about the word. So Jesus revealed the the meaning of the parables to the disciples, just like that, the spirit reveals the word to those that the spirit lives inside, the spirit dwells within all believers. So when I study God, you know, like I said, we'll point things out and things that I need to focus on and work on in my own life. God also speaks to me through other people, um, other people who have the spirit dwelling inside them. Um, So, for example, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit, I'm a believer and I believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And I felt pressed to, you know, um, this is an example um, in my life. I felt called called to call people. Um, uh, They were like this person, say, was on my heart and i knew that they were having a hard time so i called them and it turns out they were actually really going through something rough and god used me as a vessel to speak to that person and witness to that person and in all honesty when you're when you're talking to a person you can feel god's heart and god's love for that person and that's the holy spirit Um, and it's, it's the same way this, these people that I witness to, they can also witness to me because they, they have the spirit of God dwelling in them. So for example, my calling to ministry, my calling into pastoral ministry, youth ministry in general, um, this is how God spoke to me actually through, um, through other people, um, just around me in my life. So, one day, um, this was during my brother's graduation, I went to a community college at the time, but my brother was graduating high school and he was going into ministry and I was really upset because I knew that a lot was going to change and my brother was going to go off to, to college and he was actually going to, um, be leaving the house. So I still lived at home because I was, you know, living with my family, going to community college, but I, but I knew our family was going to change. So I was really upset. I was actually in tears because I knew that a lot was going to change and my brother was going to be leaving and moving. But then my mom, when we were driving the ca- in the car revealed to me, you know, that, and I felt this on my heart. I felt this full because my brother was also telling me about it. And other people were telling me that I think God has called you Zach into ministry. So at that point, I was like, you know, I was studying physical therapy. I really wanted to do that. And I was like, no, no. And then, you know, I was working at Walgreens at the time. So this lady in Walgreens one day, um, she came to the store and she was, she looked really upset and this the spirit prompted me to go and speak to her. And I, and I prayed for her because her son just passed away. And through that lady, the lady said, you're going to go, you're, you're a pastor, aren't you? And I'm like, well, No. Um, but I, am looking to go into ministry, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And it just really shows the spirit working there and speaking. And another person, one day at Walgreens, I was a cashier. I was ringing people up in the checkout. And this lady said, you're, you're, you're going to be a, a, a you're going to, into ministry, aren't you? I can. And I'm like, how did you know that? And she's like, I felt it in my spirit. And it just, it just goes to show that the spirit is speaking through others, So through friends and family, through my pastors at the church that I was going to at the time and through other people speaking and telling me, I was able to hear God's voice about my calling. God also tells me not just about good things like my calling, but also things that I'm doing wrong. And he uses like, you know, other people, friends, family, um, and he corrects me. So this one time I really wanted a girlfriend. I wanted a girlfriend so badly. And my mom went on a a church retreat. Um, and she was with a bunch of, uh, you know, it was, a it was kind of like a, uh, spiritual crash course, um, and Christian doctrine and my mom went there and I was praying for my mom while she was there. But I was also also pl- praying for a girlfriend. And when my mom came back, it was the craziest thing. Cause I didn't even tell my mom about this, but my mom said, you know, God told me something about you when you were there. And I was so excited. I said, yeah, what was it? And she said, God said, you need to be patient and stop worrying about girls. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) but I'm glad because I wouldn't have met my wife if I was so worried about that and caught up in that. And I was able to focus on my relationship. Um, But God speaks to you in, in many ways. And it also might be through song. What song? Yeah. God, don't put limitations on God and how God speaks to people. So, there's this song by Matthew West called more it's just called more. It's by Matthew West. You guys can look it up. But, um, but the backing behind this story is one day I was on my way to um, Richland, the community college I went to at the time and I was actually crying out to God. I was like, I was really struggling in my faith right there. I was like, cause me and my dad aren't close. I've told you guys this many times. Me and my dad aren't close. We had a rough relationship and I was thinking like, you know, God, you have all these other children. So why would you focus all your attention on one child? And why would you care so much? How can you have a personal relationship with all these children? And how can you love all these children? How can you be the perfect father? Like I hear you. They say you are in scripture when I don't feel like you love me and what, what is going on? And I was just having an emotional breakdown. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was like, not, not an emotional, like tears in my eyes yet, but I was about to cry really hard when I heard this song, when it came on the radio, but, um, this is how God spoke to me. And I was like, you know, God, where are you? Do you love me? How, how much do you love me? And this is the song I heard on the radio. It said this, it was by Matthew West. It said, God was speaking to me through the song. And God said, take a look at the mountain stretching a mile high. Take a look at the ocean as far as the eye can see and think of me look at it, look at the desert. Do you feel like a grain of sand? I'm like, yeah, I do feel like a grain of sand. God, you have all these people in the world. How can you have a personal relationship with me? And he said, I am with you wherever and where you go is where I am. And I'm always thinking of you. Take a look. He he said this, take a look around you and I'm spelling it out one by one. I love you more than the sun and the stars in the sky that I taught how to shine. You are mine and you shine for me too. I love you. Yesterday and today and tomorrow, I'll say it again and again. I love you more. You know, Jesus, and at the end, it says this, because I was going through something. He said, through the joy and the pain, I'll say it again and again. I love you more. I love you more. He said this, and I see you. God said, I see you, Zach, and I made you, and I love you more than you can imagine, more than you can fathom. I love you more than the sun and you shine for me. And that's just not me. That's you guys too. It's like, God's love is just so extravagant and so great. And, and that was in the Holy spirit and hear me, the Holy spirit works in you. And I prayed the the prayer of the Holy spirit to come into my life. And it was happening right then and there. God was changing me and working on my heart and working on me through my relationship, my fallen relationship with my dad, because I still wasn't over that yet. But I just felt this, this, this change happening and the Holy Spirit is our advocate, but he's also our counselor. So I felt this counseling happening in my life. I felt this comfort happening that comes along with the Holy Spirit. And eventually through walking with the Spirit, you start to become more and more um, created into the image of your creator, Jesus, God. Um, and right now, guys, you might be in a place where you don't know if God's spirit is living in you or you don't know if you have ever heard God's voice in your life, but you don't need to worry about that because you all, all you need to do is ask Jesus died for you. And it's only through him that we can have access through this spirit. Right? So it's a gift. It's a gift given to all. So all you have to do is acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, died on the cross for your sins, and God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit will make its home in you. So I, I told this, to, well, um, you know, to Nick, um, you don't care if I call him out, but I said, Nick, I'm like, you know, the Spirit's given to all. It's like, what if I tell you, like, you know, I have a plate of chips here, because I love chips, I'm just going to use chips as an example, and I offer you a chip, and you say, no, I'm not accepting that that's kind of like the spirit you it's there and all you have to do is ask and God will make a dwelling, a, a place. He will, he'll will k- kind of try to remove, you know, the idols you have set up in your life, all the other things that come before God and God will start clearing out these things in your heart that are set above God and, and God will start making God's home in your heart. So if you would like to, um, start growing in relationship with um with jesus um and you want god's spirit to dwell in you and since we are following the one jesus who is sinless and if you have god's spirit dwelling in you you start following him you start becoming more like jesus and you start sinning less because he is sinless so You can start growing in your relationship today with God and you can actually have him dwelling within you and you can start becoming a changed person, a new creation. You've heard that, you know, that Christian lingo, that new creation talk, but that's true. You can become someone new in God. So if you would like to do that, um, I'm going to close in prayer. And, and those of you who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and savior, um, And those of you who who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, I just want you to go ahead and I want you to raise your hand if you would like to rededicate, Um, not right now, um, but when uh, I start, I'm going to ask you guys, and if you guys want Jesus to, you know, um, the Holy Spirit to make its home in you, I'm going to um, close in prayer and basically um, ask the Holy Spirit um, to... Um, you know, come into your guys' lives um, and make its home in you. Um, but also, um, I'm going to uh, pray for those who want to um, rededicate their lives um, to the Lord as well. So I'm going to have, you know, two opportunities where you raise your hand. Um, but um, let's go ahead and let's close our eyes in prayer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray um, for those who may not know you like they want. I pray for those who wish to have their lives changed and wish to have your Holy Spirit dwelling inside them. I pray that they will make room and they will clear out. Um, some of the things in their life that um, need to be removed to make way for your spirit to dwell within them. Um, uh, I also pray um, for those that want to rededicate their lives. Um, I pray that they will continue to grow in faith and in love for your son and they will continue bearing fruit. I pray all this in Jesus name, amen. So um, you guys can go ahead and unmute.